0: Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM Network. And you are joined by Danuta and my fabulous co-host. Good morning to you, Lawson. Yeah,
1: good morning, Danuta.
0: It's another new start to a new Absolutely. week. Hey, you know what I'm excited about lately? Is yeah, what's up? You know, I think it's great that God created four seasons in the year. You reckon? Although, at the moment, hey, it's kind of a bit all over the place. Dude,
1: but it was 31 yesterday down down where I live. And today we're starkly in, the, well, it's I think maybe 16 degrees right now. I was looking for a top of 20 or so. So, man, we're just all over the place.
0: Yeah, we are all over the place. But what I do love is that each season brings something different than last mm. night. Just before sunset, I went out and picked our first harvest of blackberries. They were oh, so awesome. juicy and big and beautiful. And then my sister messaged me. I knew she oh, – because I'd phoned her earlier and she said she was going to do this. But then she messaged me a picture of her massive container of fresh raspberries that she had just mm-hmm. picked and I thought my harvest was little <laughs> tiny compared to hers. Mm. But it's that time of the year. She said to me that the other day she actually harvested – a kilo, one point seven kilos of raspberries of mm. off their bushes, and then that evening somebody else still came and they still had another kilo and a half.
1: Wow! Isn't
0: that amazing? Like you That's know, so
1: serious collection.
0: And I love berries. Do you love berries?
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I'm I'm a huge raspberry guy. Like I love oh, same. raspberries, frozen raspberries. I love same. I love them eating them. I love putting them in smoothies and drinking them. Like yeah, they're just so yum. I would say my favorite fruit is it's between two things. It's either green apples or grapes, Ah. but you know, berries as well. Amazing.
0: Absolutely. Hey, text us in. What is your favorite fruit? Zero mm. four nine one zero six four six six nine. We're interested. What you grow, and also what is your favorite fruit? Ours here, both of ours, is actually uh, are the raspberries. So yeah. oh, we're oh, we're, we're both raspberry Yum. people, right? Here today. <laughs> and coming up on our show today, we have our interview with Justin Lorman, Pastor Justin Lumen, on politics and prophecy. In our new segment, we're going to China, and we're talking also about flying high, which will be mm. really interesting. In our Bible study this. this. This week we're looking at Mission to the Powerful and today especially we're looking at King Nebuchadnezzar.
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different
0: a Special welcome back to Shell today. She was off sick, of course, Dude. all of last week and Friday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's clapping away for herself.
1: Dude, Let's the, give her a the the superstar yes, of <laughs> the breakfast show, the glue that holds us together, is back. We again. still
0: managed to keep going, but yes, you are the glue that holds us together. That's mm. the amazing thing. But you always s- do such a fabulous job. Fab. I like that word, fabulous. Yeah,
1: we <laughs> we were stoked to have Peter and Shannon coming last week and help yeah, us out. And- and and make up for Shell's lack, which is literally, it was her health. It was like, oh. but she's doing so much better and we are so glad to have her back.
0: So thank you for your prayers and of course the text that came through on Friday as well. So Shell is doing much better. Still mm. not 100%, but doing loads better. So excited to have you back here, Shell. Okay, mm. Lawson, take it away with our first quiz question, please.
1: All right. Hey, our first question for the quiz is simply this. What? Old Testament prophet healed the waters of Jericho by throwing salt into a spring. What Old Testament prophet healed the healed the waters of Jericho by throwing salt into the spring? Hey, if you know the answer to this one, 0491 064 669 is the number to text, and if you text that number with the correct answer, you'll go into the draw to win an amazing prize. Now, we don't have that prize on hand. It's it's currently a mystery, and it will be getting to you very soon. We we we're in a process of deciding of which prize do we want to give, but it will be amazing. What we want to encourage you to do is to text us with the correct answer, again, to this question, what Old Testament prophet healed the waters of Jericho by throwing salt into a spring, 0491-064-669, and look, we will have an amazing, amazing prize to promote to you and to tell you all about, which will very much, uh, it will incite you to answer these questions correctly yeah it's coming soon. It's Absolutely. a mystery.
0: Absolutely. And look, we've already had a couple of text messages coming through yeah. about favourite fruit. Uh, my favourite fruit says, Tracy, is mango. I'm Classic. with you too, Tracy. Uh, raspberries and mangoes are right up there yep. as the top ones for I'm, me. Never used to love them until I was in my late teens because I thought they smelled so bad. Mangoes? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought they had a bad I, smell.
1: <laughs> I am always controversial with my opinion on mango, which is that it's my least favourite fruit. Oh, I, I still, the, the well, that's smell. Good.
0: There'll be more mangoes for I, me under the right, mango that's tree a, in heaven. You know,
1: that's right. I'm like, more mangoes for everyone else except me. I think there's some context I like mangoes. I used to love mango yo- yogurt growing up, but I'm like, Ugh. but hey, if you love mango, <laughs> go for it. You live in like the best country to love mangoes.
0: And Deanne says the same, mangosteen.
1: So, mango well, mangosteen is, what is not that? the Tell, same uh, as well, mangoes. No, no. Is.
0: So, I'm just saying it's got the word yeah. mango there. But I did ask off here when, you know, what's mango mangosteen? Yeah,
1: mango mangosteen is actually a Fruit that is really popular in the philippines and i'm <gasps> i'm suspecting here that you know some, some filipino influence uh from Deanne, but yeah mango stein is just is really yum i got to eat it i spent a couple weeks in manila when i was how old was i like 16 17 i spent a couple weeks over there and eating mango stein like every day it's so yum and mm. yeah so shout out shout out Deanne, shout out mango stein in the philippines it got Awesome, awesome. Fruit. Yeah,
0: and the one here I'm seeing, like mango the typical, typical one that comes out is like a purple colour. It's sort of white yeah, inside. Right. It's a tropical evergreen Super tree with juicy. edible fruit native to the tropical lands surrounding the Indian Ocean. So yeah. there you go. I've learnt something new today. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little bit like lychees. They look a lot about like yeah, the size of yeah. lychees. Yeah, it took me a long time to that to, that- to taste a lychee, but once I did, I was in. Oh, I was like, lychees right in. are
1: just a bomb. And yeah. mango yeah, they've got that harder shelling outside, you kind of... You know, put a cut through, take it off, and you know, Yeah, yeah, it it's yeah. So good. looks
0: fabulous. Of course, Sunny says, Good morning to Noodle and Lawson. I can't pinpoint a favorite fruit as I love fruits. I guess you can call me a Fruit Loop.
1: <laughs> oh, God, <off>, Sunny. Yeah, <laughs> go, yeah, mate.
0: Sunny, love it. Yeah, you Fruit Loop. No, <laughs>
1: That's so- we, no, we, won't, call, we won't call
0: you a Fruit Loop at all. We we know. I'm sure that you're not a Fruit Loop and your family don't think that you're a Fruit Loop, but that you love fruit all around in Every way, I mean, hey, we're going to say so hi. To, we're <laughs> going to say hi to Milton. Um, as a village, uh, to our listeners in Milton, basically yeah. in the South Coast region of New South Wales. Mm-hmm. It's the city of Shoalhaven. It was founded in 1860 and named after the property of postmaster George Knight and became an important regional centre in the mm. 19th century. So good morning to our listeners in Milton. If you're from N- Milton, text us in on 0491064669. What do you love about Milton? Milton mm. and the areas surrounding that. And once, like we said in our introduction to Text us in, what is your favourite fruit? Or you might be like Sunny and love a whole, like all fruits, um, which is fantastic because God created such a variety for us, didn't he? So...
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. just, just
0: fantastic stuff. Hey, we are going to, um, some good news on Flying High. Now, you both asked me when we were off air, is it about the movie Flying High, yeah. which is, you know, airplane, but Classic. actually it is not. All right. All right. <laughs> but it is about somebody flying. Now, here's mm. the interesting thing. Chloe Familton. Um, who's 17 years old, is actually flying on her own around Australia.
1: That is amazing.
0: Isn't that just jolly? That is
1: so cool.
0: Incredible, like
1: solo. Okay, she's 17. What kind of plane is she flying?
0: So, yeah, the plane that she's flying is a light aircraft, a Cessna 172. Yeah, cool. Um, and here's the thing, of course, being 17, she ought to still be going to school. But here's the thing. She's actually flying in between, you know, her, um, certificate, um, high school certificate exams. Wow. Um, and so the interesting thing is like, um, one of the places she actually had to fly to was to go and pick up a book so she could actually do her reading, um, and actually do something that she needed to for, for assignment or an, or an exam. Mm. So, um, so she's flying around, around, around Australia on her own and she's breaking records which is incredible so it's here's awesome. the thing this is also partly why i picked the story because i think it's incredible that she's all on her own doing it and i'm going to give you some of the background in a sec sec but guess where she's taken off from and where she's going to end up landing at the end of her route
1: man on top of a mountain no i have no idea where where is she sure what do
0: you think no she show yeah. Here, here. Is it here? Here, yeah, it is here. Oh, it's local. It is. Okay. Oh, she got that one. So just literally, just down from our studio. So down mm. in Cessnock Airport. Oh, amazing. Okay, so she's taken off anti-clockwise around Australia from there. Some okay. of the, some of the um, airports that she's going to go to are really small ones like Sudinia and Jandakot, which I'm thinking that would be really outback Jandakot, um, and larger airports like Darwin International. And interestingly. So she's originally catch this. Interestingly, she's not from remote areas, you know, where she would have seen or needed planes, you know, in any kind of way. She's actually from Cherrybrook in Sydney, which is yeah, like wow. in one of the heart of you know, heart suburbs of Sydney, and she's a school leaver. She'll be the youngest female to fly solo around Australia in this light aircraft, mm. um, and her journey will be about fourteen thousand one hundred kilometers in total. She's actually going to stop in about forty aerodromes across about about 19 days of flying. Her trip was planned around her high school certificate exams, like I mentioned. And also she says, I get nervous when I step back and actually look at the overall picture. But she says, these are her words, but I have a lot of trust and in the instructors who have signed me off to do this trip. Mm. Isn't that fantastic? So she's been mentored really well. One of her mentors, um, D. Petrio from Blue Sky Airways actually helped her get her flight license even before she got her driver's license. So there you go. Like no limitations in the air. That's so cool. I, I,
1: I love this story. I kind of like. It gives me it gives me flashbacks a little bit, you know, to when I was younger. When you talk about like having your plane license before you even have your driving license. So I think I would have been fifteen and at that time I received my FIM International License, which is like wow. basically it's a license for motorcycle competition, which gives you the ability to ride motorcycles that go up to like three hundred and fifty mm. kilometers basically an hour. And I had to like get a medical every 6 months to keep it like it was like this hectic license that I had when I was 15 that was like it's like one of the one of the highest qualifications you could get to participate in the highest level of motorcycle competition wow. yet I couldn't I didn't even have my L's. Like, wow. I couldn't even
2: drive a the car.
0: There
1: and you but so, the, I could imagine like this girl is so, you know, to have a license to be able to fly around, like the level of proficiency in the hours that she's done oh,
0: yes. in the to cockpit. to get to this point. Yeah,
1: so this is so impressive as a feat of like someone starting so young and like getting so proficient at flying. And now they're doing an amazing, awesome trip getting around. That sounds so cool.
0: Absolutely. It is exciting. And here's the other thing is that it must be a genetic gene in her, because her dad was is a pilot, her, oh, grandf- yeah, her grandfather it. was a That's navigator awesome. in Australia Air Force as well. An interesting thing: only five percent of commercial pilots are actually females. So she is wanting to actually move, you know, into the aviation area yeah. um, next year onwards. So you know, I think it's a story of courage, but also what I love the fact you know I thought you know Jesus is our mentor and our guide, and when we trust mm-hmm. Him, we can go to really high places, you know, through and in and with Him, um, because He takes us on an absolute incredible journey when we trust in jesus when we believe in him when we give our heart to him he takes us on an incredible journey
1: you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different
0: and it's come time for our second quiz question please lawson
1: absolutely second quiz question here hey you were like Unmuting the mics when that last line came, I'm like, wow, didn't you just sings really good? And I'm like, I'm like, why do the singing? I'm like, Oh, wait, no, 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 it was a song, it was a song. Okay. Well,
0: I was ready to yeah, to put us back on air. And then there was another line just, of words. Just,
1: you know, I was like, no, not had, yet. They had something to say. You know, <laughs> on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Amen. They just had to remind us just before we finished off there. That
0: is such a good line and such an important line for us to remember that Christ is the rock on which we stand.
1: Absolutely. Hey our next question here. What servant girl, in her excitement at learning Peter was out of prison and at the door, left him knocking while she ran to tell the other disciples? Which servant girl, in her excitement at learning Peter was out of prison and at the door, left him knocking while she ran to tell the other disciples? Which is like so hilarious. You've escaped prison, you know, righteously, not because you're like a bad person who's like escaped, but God has enabled you to escape prison. And you're like, guys. Let me in. And and the person at the door (laughs) is, like, so excited. They're like, yes, yes, we'll let you in because, you know, you got out of prison. And then they just leave you there on the street, like – you know, worrying and paranoid that at any moment a Roman legion or a guard or something can come down and get you. Hey, what was the name of this person? If you know, our number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to text. And we have two amazing prizes for you. Our prizes are no longer a mystery, but they are right there for you. Hey, we've got one here. It's called "Preaching from the Gra- Grave: A Story of Faith from the Rwandan Genocide" by Fedidas Ndayim Now. This This book is fantastic and it is about, well, someone who was basically on the chopping block of life you know the Mm. Rwanda genocide in 1994 where a million people were slaughtered um Hutu extremists killing nearly 70 percent of the Tutsi population and this is about a a Tutsi man a, a, a Christian living in that time and just convicted that hey I need to stand for truth I need to stand for faith and actually being able to survive that and get through that and we have another one here a man that the Anzacs revered it's William Fighting Mac McKenzie, who was an Anzac chaplain, who was just an amazing person of faith during that time? Like he, he, legendary for his work in Gallipoli and France. Like amazing stories of war and this person standing up for faith and also supporting the troops. Isn't that so good? This time. I man, I, I said it before on the Breakfast Show, dude. War movies and whatnot. That theme of self sacrifice, people laying down their oh, lives for others. Self sacrifice, just all makes over. me cry. And this story is of a man who was supporting the troops to be able to do that and sharing which sharing faith and and life with them at a time in which they were stressed you know beyond maybe any circumstance we could possibly imagine you know putting your life on the line to serve your country and this person is there you know, helping these people but not just in the way of like yeah go and get them here's some bullets which i mean you know they they needed they're fighting this war but more you know seeking to help them with matters of the soul Mm -hmm. It's powerful. And again, I love this title here, The Man That the Anzacs Revered. We want to give you both of these books that are absolutely amazing. All you have to do is answer questions correctly. zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. The
0: last few weeks have been exciting because then we had three books giveaway. Then we had two last week, two yeah, this week. Two this so- week. We're staying right up there. Okay, where are
1: we going with our news today, Lawson? Hey, in the news today, I wanted to talk about China. Before I get into China, I just want to do, just quickly talk about Israel and Gaza. The news coming out this morning that 17 hostages have been handed over by Hamas in exchange for 39 Palestinian prisoners. And this is fantastic news because this is prolonging. This actually... This is prolonging the current ceasefire that is happening over there. And there's just awesome stories coming out of your know, children being released and, and, and whatnot. And, and it's just fantastic to hear. Simultaneously, you hear some words from the IDF and whatnot where it's like, Hey, this war was justified because look, we're getting prisoners back. And it's like, Oh man, we, we are just hoping that. This can come to an end, and that a resolution mm, can be found between absolutely. these two, two people groups, the, and they they can be mixed together, and 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 well mixed together in the sense that there can be harmony and peace found. And and I think that good news is good news mm. on, on this, and it's like, hey, hostage is being released. You know, I hope in my heart of hearts, I hope this isn't just a short term play to then enable more fighting in the future, but you know, we just have to keep praying for this situation. Another situation that we need to pray for, and this is what I really wanted to talk about, is that of China. Now, we've talked about China here on The Breakfast Show before. We've talked about them from a business sense, or a political sense, or a Christian sense, or a religious sense, a persecution sense. We're going to pick that theme up of persecution this morning, but particularly because a Pew Research article just came out. Pew Research Group is like one of the most prolific research groups in terms of people and demographics. And they always, well, they they take a special interest in church matters as well, Christian Mm -hmm. identification, changes in social culture, all these different things. They have released a survey recently that actually suggested that the number of Christians in China had been declining, which is in contrast to a lot of reports that are coming out from you know, Christian groups working in China, Christian charity groups, you know, Mm. we get Voice of the Martyrs Mm -hmm. to talk, whether it's Voice of the Martyrs or Open Doors or these groups that are working with Christians and particularly Christians in underground churches in China that have been persecuted by the government—they're suggesting that. Oh no, the, the churches are growing over there. This report from Pew Research has said the churches are declining, and the numbers basically look like in 2010 it says that there was 23.2 million Christians, uh, self-identified Christians in t- China versus 19.9 uh, now mm. uh, a million. Chinese people identifying as Christians. So
0: I wonder, though, too, whether some people are just, you know, not wanting to be known that they're Christians. So there's a discrepancy with the numbers because now so many more are in
1: hiding because of persecution. That is absolutely the thing that is being suggested, that from 2010 till now there has been a massive increase in the amount of churches being shut down, the amount of churches being monitored, uh, especially with the introduction of the social credit system in China and that you actually lose social credit. And I, I don't know how much you know about social credit in China and this system, but it's basically a point system which is attached to you mm-hmm. and based on your actions, you get less opportunities and less you know, favor from government and government organization and whatnot based on your social credit. So, for example, your social credit determines whether you can take out a loan of money. And if you have high social credit, and this isn't a credit score Mm. that's that's regarding, you know, okay, you paid your loans on time or whatever it may be, so therefore you're allowed to take out a loan. Social credit is based on, essentially, you are constantly being tracked with cameras that can recognize your face. And let's say you go and you often buy alcohol mm-hmm. according to the social credit system you're seen as a person who is an alcoholic so therefore you are maybe not contributing society mm. in a positive way mm-hmm. your social credit score will decrease and because your social credit score decreases that actually limits your ability to say take out a loan wow. or, or go into business with people and it's kind of like so it's
0: very class based it's
1: very class based and this system has come out that that Creates and enforces classes because you are limited in your opportunities based on your social actions. Mm-hmm. And a part of that system is whether you identify as a Christian or not. And actually, if you identify as a Christian, and particularly if you're found out to be participating in underground Christian churches and whatnot, your social credit score can plummet, mm. and you're limited in your opportunities. Mm-hmm. There was there was a story that came out a couple of years ago at, when people had a really heightened focus on this because the system had just been released, and it was there was an investigative journalist who had been releasing uh, articles about the government mm. and how the CCP were doing the wrong thing, mm-hmm. and their social credit credit was. Just plummeted wow. to the point where he couldn't even go on public transport. Wow! Like he couldn't move. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't. He couldn't take out a loan. He couldn't open a bank account because they were like, "Nah, you are a degenerate." Da, da da da. But again, that was maliciously used against him to hurt him. And so, in China, the situation here is that people aren't wanting to identify as Christian because of the persecution that comes with that. And I can also speak anecdotally. One of my best friends is a Chinese guy. You know, grew up going to church in in a very loving, warm church environment and then around 2017, 2018, the the, the government just showed up, and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, do you want to be constantly monitored and receive mm-hmm. our bibles and mm-hmm. preach the way we preach and and preach a message that is pro-government?" And the church was like, "No." And they're like, "Sweet, we we're shutting you down." Mm-hmm. Like you don't get to exist anymore. Wow. And so I can also, and so for, you know, my friends who are in these positions and in these situations, they are responding to that by growing in the shadows. And so I think there's just a real need to pray for the situation in China, pray for the ministry they're doing. It's Mm -hmm. powerful. People are responding to the gospel. Mm -hmm. And despite surveys that come out that say, hey, there's less people identifying as Christian in China. It's not really the gospel is going forward there as it is all over the world. You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: And it has come time for us to do our next quiz question, number three for today. Take it away, Lawson. Hey,
1: quiz question number three. Here we go. How many minor prophets wrote books in the Bible? Uh-huh. I don't know the answer to this one because I just did a unit at uni called... Hebrew prophets, and, oh, and and God. we had to know about these guys, so if you know the answer, hey, 491 I'll give you a clue this morning. I, I was
0: gonna give a clue. I'll, I'll give you, you a clue. See if it's the same as the one I was gonna give. Go ahead.
1: My, my clue is that this is a prolific number in the Bible, I was just, and it's, <laughs> yes. it's related also to a number of people who you know, participate in a ministry in the New Testament. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. That's right. So, I'm not going we to give you any more I'm not going to give you any more clues than that, but hey zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. How many minor prophets wrote books in the Bible? And you might be thinking like, what's a minor prophet? Is that like a prophet who's under 18? And that's not what that is. <laughs> so, there's basically there's there's major prophets in the Bible uh and those prophets are specifically um you have Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Yeah, and they're the reason they the reason they're major is because their books are long. <laughs> like, their books are really yeah. long. And then everyone else is a minor prophet. and As in there isn't a lot smaller book. That's right. And that's in, like, we call it the the Tanakh, the Old Testament. It's divided into the the writings and then the, the poems and the Psalms. And then you've got the prophecies, the prophets towards the end. And it's, yeah, amongst those prophets, the minor prophets, how many were there? Hey, 0491 064 669. That is the number to text. But right now, we've come to our interview for today. Uh, a f- a Favorite of ours here on the breakfast show, and one of uh, you know a, a person who I've got to meet recently and spend time with. In fact, one of my biggest fans I've come to learn. Yes,
0: we've we've known that. We've
1: heard about that all the
0: way. Every single yeah, yeah that's on. right.
1: None other than, than Pastor Justin Lawman. Justin, how are you doing this morning,
2: brother? I feel smarter just from the the few se- the Tanakh. Yeah, like this is. I, I'm feeling smarter for listening. Hey, this dude! This morning, is this so.
1: is this is theology student content right here, dude. This is like this is this is what we're about.
2: Oh, I'm having flashbacks, mate. Back, back <laughs> <was> yes, yeah, <laughs>
0: yes.
2: And Danuda, Danuda. Yes. Did did you know that Lawson mm-hmm. was, was rated number thirty one in the world? For road racing on motorcycles. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, he talks a lot about his motorcycle riding. He's shown me his photos. He talks about the places he's been to Spain. I know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This is who we're you and I have got now. now.
2: He calls your Old Testament the (laughs) Tanakh. I know. This is too much. So
1: good. That's so good. <laughs> all right. Wait. And
0: on top of that, he's well known <laughs> so, around Australia I'm so now. So hey. I'm like, good oh god,
1: I am Just undone this well, morning.
2: That's anyway, awesome. I got, got my photo. That's all I can uh, Yeah, that's, that's
0: right. So Did you get the signature or not? No, no, oh, that's
2: going to cost
1: look, me. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Get that thing printed. Needs to be a
0: freebie. I'll do
1: a, freebie. do a signature signing for you uh, eventually. Right. Okay,
2: hey,
1: okay. can't wait, <laughs> yeah. Justin. Enough about me, more about what's happening in the world. What is going on in the area of politics and prophecy?
2: It's good to laugh, isn't it? It's good to be happy. Yes. And um, it's wonderful to hear about the hostages being released, some of them at least, Mm -hmm. in the Middle East. um, I want to talk about the bully and the crowd Mm. because – Just everyone getting their heads around the big picture for a minute. I'm not going to talk about the little minor details as much Mm -hmm. just to reference what's going on. Uh, The bully is what I'll call the globalist side of world politics, Mm. this big movement, whose wheels are starting to fall off. So every time that you are, the bully is never in the majority. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So the globalists who want to push to death the whole gender issue, the whole whatever climate stuff, what, all, all of these things that are being pushed to get people to act a certain way, mm-hmm. it's being pushed back against by nationalism, and I call that the crowd, mm-hmm. oh. of these two forces, mm-hmm. nationalism, has got all the trophies on the shelf. Yeah, nationalism in history has been the one that that wins. Mm-hmm. And what what we're seeing happening around the world is the resurgence of nationalism. Mm-hmm. And it, the elections in Argentina. Have you seen the new Argentinian uh, prime minister, president, whatever they called down there? Yeah. Have you seen this guy?
1: Uh, no, I'm I'm not up on Argentinian politics at the moment,
2: brother. Brother, you have to have a look at this guy.
1: I've just He's, we've
0: just googled he, him. Is it Javier Meliel?
2: Have you heard? He is Donald Trump on steroids. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like if if Donald <laughs> oh, Trump t- took some roids and 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 you know had some cocaine or something. This is what he would be like. He is like a beast, this guy. He's just...
0: Alberto uh, Fernandez, that's the one, is it?
1: I'm assuming it's from the perspective that he is just incredibly just pro-country, pro-nationalist, you know, and even, I mean... In a in a sense, Donald Trump was not isolationist, but more like, hey, we've got the ability to support ourselves. We don't we don't need um to rely heavily on foreign trade. Like what what's make his deal? America
2: he still is America? This guy's make Argentina great. This yeah. is what nationalism does. Mm. In last week there was a riot in Dublin, Ireland. Mm-hmm. That was over a a, a migrant um, from Islamic faith who um stabbed a lady and, and some little kids. Yeah, wow. And they're burning down cars and buses in the streets, the the Irish, mm. uh, who once they get their back up, they're, they're, as, they're as fiery as anyone, the Irish. Yeah, there's, there, there's all over the world, there's a resurgence of the, your own country first where really since the Second World War, it's all been about, oh, no, we all got to unite, get rid of borders, get rid of all your... Uh, nationalistic tendencies, and we've got to become this big global community. Well, there's a big battle ongoing between these two, and you would naturally think globalism will win, mm. but in fact, I want to tell you, nationalism has all the trophies. Mm. And you can look at any of the wars in history, and you want to see what's going on, you'll discover that nationalism is not far away. Mm. And this is, it's starting to spill into a religious. Yes
1: nationalism as well. Yeah, which is not something that you would say is new, you know. In my mind I'm thinking about nationalism and and globalism, I'm thinking okay, you know, what was the most what was the most successful globalist empire to ever exist? And I think back to the Roman Empire and I think about the divisions between the Roman Empire that led to it collapse led to its collapse and a lot of the context of that was wars about religion and religious belief like particularly you know the aryan controversy and nations going to war over what they believed about you know who 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 (laughs) who god was and jesus's status about whether he was god or not like there was this spill over and there was these wars fought because of religion it's it's hectic and that enforce nationalism in a context where globalism at one point was so strong.
2: If you blend nationalism with, you know, your Islamic states and your Christian, the Christian West, Mm. here we are again. And everyone, so many people thought, oh, no, we're secular now. All of that's gone. Mm -hmm. Well, here we are again. And we we get told the big the big issues in, in Bible prophecy. And the one thing I want to say to the listeners this morning, standing on your own, not being bullied, mm. or following the crowd will be your future mm. if you want to continue to follow God faithfully. There's these bunch of stories as there's, there's someone that can, you know, claim to be a theologian like Lawson. <laughs> we, we we're trying, you know, we do our best. But <laughs>
0: That's it.
2: <laughs> um, the, the book of Daniel, which is the Old Testament book of Revelation, really, it's the apocalyptic book of the Old Testament that is talking about big global events. Mm. Uh, it has a bunch of stories in the first half of the book.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: uh, chapter 2 is an outlier, it's, it's a prophecy, but... One, three, four, five, six are all stories. Mm.
1: Historical ones, aren't they? They
2: are, they are stories that are very deliberately placed.
1: Mm.
2: It's so easy just to jump into all the prophecies in Daniel because they're exciting and we see where we are in history. And I love the book of Daniel. But in fact, the stories all show us how we're to act. As we come to the end of Earth's history, mm. and and the stories, the classic story or well, chapter one, uh, it's a test over food. That mm. these guys, they're they're being coerced to eat what everyone else is eating, mm. the crowd, if you like, and they say, no, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna eat what only what God says we don't want to eat. Anything sacrificed to idols. Mm. Um, so we're just going to eat vegetables, mm. no meat, and God bless them for that. And then we get to Chapter 3. Chapter 3 is the classic of all the stories because it really relates to our day. Yep. And yep. and here right. we have on the plain of Jura this image set up, and, and the Bible says that at the end of time there's going to be an image made to the beast and then there's going to be a mark to the beast. So this image is set up on the plane of Dura, and when the music plays, everyone has to bow down and worship. Mm. All comes back to worship. Mm. And of course, if you if you don't, we'll chuck you in a fiery furnace. You know, we'll mm. cook you uh, alive. So you know, two two simple choices. Mm. On that plane that day, uh, we don't believe Daniel was there, but his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, they were alone in their faithfulness to God and not breaking one of the Ten Commandments Mm. uh, by bowing down and worshipping an idol. They wouldn't do it. And they said, you can kill us, you can throw us in the furnace, but we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And of course, the famously, we have this appearance of a fourth person in the fire, mm. uh, which is such a beautiful picture. Here's Jesus turning mm-hmm. up in the Old Testament. He does it again and again. Mm-hmm. Here he is with them in the midst of it. Mm. I want to say to the listeners today we're living in an age, it's getting increasingly turbulent, where you're getting bullied to do and act certain ways. Mm-hmm. And then here comes the crowd that will be even a stronger force, I believe, than what the bully has been. And we get, we're gonna have to stand with with God on our own. There won't be a big majority of people, it won't be the it won't be the popular group, it won't be the strongest group, but it'll be the right group. And I, I just wanna challenge The people listening today as you're watching all these events, take heed to the time in which we're living and get used to standing up to bullies and not not following the crowd Mm. because they're the two big forces that are trying to coerce us. Ultimately, we may not have felt it yet personally, but it's coming.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I love the story of the three boys before the fire so much, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because the form or the way in which they stand isn't combative and and needlessly violent, but it is it is serious, it is it is concerted, uh, and and yeah, they're just they they stand there and they say, look, we will not do what you called us to do, even if it's at the co- cost of our lives. And it was a fantastic witness. God blesses that kind of thing. It, it, it brings my mind back to the times of the Reformation and and whatnot. Yeah, where Christians were like, "Look, we we, we will not subject ourselves to breaking God's law and worshiping any any other than God."
2: Look, this isn't. This is already happening in different ways. Like, mm. if just say you owned a breakfast food company, and just pretend and you wanted to sell your product in in major supermarkets, and they're being bullied by activists on social issues. Mm. That if you don't come around to their position on on social and orientation issues and everything, we're not going to let you sell stuff. Mm. Um, Schools... The laws are being changed in New South Wales as we speak.
0: Yes, wow.
2: Uh, the laws that are being changed in New South Wales it will affect uh, it'll affect all of us. Ultimately, uh, this is the bully trying to get everyone to to fall into line to do their thing. I want to say to everyone listening, never succumb to a bully because if you do it once, you'll have to do it every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just stand stand your ground and and. Stand up for what you believe and know right. And bullies do what they do because they're weak. The crowd does what it does because it's popular. Mm. Um, They're the two different forces that are really at work in the world today. And we've got to be very careful that we will not succumb to weak bullies because underneath them there's no substance. Yeah. Mm. And the crowd... The crowd crucified Jesus. Mm. They begged, begged for his crucifixion. They were worshipping him, uh, you know, the day before, and now they want to kill the guy. That's what crowds are like. Mm. They have no brains. Mm-hmm. All they have is passion and emotion, mm-hmm. and that's what nationalism looks like ultimately.
1: Yeah, but we, we're we absolutely stoked that we can be built on the foundation